0: Twin Peaks, the wildly imaginative and undeniably odd television series created by Mark Frost and David Lynch, has been influencing pop and media culture for 30 years now.
1: The twists and turns of the series raise a lot of questions that demand exploration by dedicated fans and new viewers alike. That's
2: exactly what the three hosts aim to do on Talking Backwards, a Twin Peaks podcast. Follow
1: along for
0: episode-by-episode episode discussions and reactions with Dave, who is re-watching the series. Patrick.
1: Patrick
2: who is a dedicated daily enthusiast. And Tyler, who is seeing each episode for the very first time.
0: If you're looking for a laid-back examination of the Twin Peaks universe, with both fresh takes for season
2: veterans, and spoiler-free discussions for first-timers, you
0: can listen to Talking Backwards, a Twin Peaks podcast right now on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many more podcasters. Welcome to Twin Peaks. Welcome to Twin Peaks.
2: Welcome to Twin Peaks. Let's Let's rock. rock!
0: Hey everybody, this is Dave from Talking Backwards. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a second to thank you, our listeners, for being here with us for the very first episode. I know I'm personally very excited to get to do this, and I'm sure the same goes for the whole crew here. Coming up is part one of our inaugural episode on the pilot for Twin Peaks. If you haven't seen the series before, I'd recommend you hit pause now and go watch the pilot episode. And grab a friend to share the weird with, because this is going to be a long, strange trip. If you haven't seen the pilot and just want to get rolling with us, that's fine too, as we're pretty much covering the first stretch shot for shot. It's a lot of information and a lot of world building, that's why we're making this a two-part introduction. Again, thank you so much for being with us. Now without further ado, let's get started with Episode 1, Part 1 of Talking Backwards. (laughs) We have arrived. All right. Welcome to uh, Talking Backwards, a Twin Peaks podcast. I am David Jackson, and I am joined by Patrick Mahan. Hello. And Tyler Mullins. Hello. So basically what we're doing, uh, we're watching the entire series of Twin Peaks. It is a television mystery drama written by David Lynch and Mark Frost and premiered in 1990. Uh, What we're kind of doing is we're watching every episode. We're going to have a discussion And uh, we kind of have some different inputs on it because I probably got into the series about 10 years ago and saw all of season one and two uh, bits of the movie and I have not finished the third season. Patrick, what's your insight?
1: I started probably after you. Uh, It it was a couple years ago. It wasn't that long before uh, Twin Peaks was revived uh, on Showtime for the return or season three, if you like to call it. I... Uh, binged it pretty quick. Then watched all of the Return. While also <laughs> in the midst of watching all of the Return, I was rewatching the Return because it was definitely something I needed to rewatch. While also going back and rewatching a lot of the original season because I was getting my wife to watch it, <laughs> so I was getting my fill of Twin Peaks a couple of years ago. Um, it almost felt twenty four seven. Um, and it's a show I haven't stopped thinking about ever since.
2: Tyler? I have not seen the show before this week. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so it's going to be very hard for me to not say future things. Right. So I'm going to try my hardest to not let anything slip. I would um, appreciate that. Yeah, If so, you spoil it.
2: <laughs> I will not watch any more episodes. I will
0: say this is a series that is hard to spoil because everything that happens still
2: gets turned on its head. I feel like every uh, everything that I've seen so far, if you told me a spoiler, I wouldn't believe it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it does work well in that way. Yeah, uh, I guess we'll just get started.
0: Uh, we're going to dive right in. Uh, this is going to be season one, the pilot. Uh, some call it Episode one, but usually that's canonically the actual second episode is episode one. Correct. This one's just called Pilot. Pilot. Uh, so
1: kicks off the opening theme, which is so good. Yeah, it really just sort of sets you, you just kind of get such a great idea of this town. It's almost like the town is a character <laughs> in the show. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you just get taken right in. Uh, what Twin Peaks is it's so moody and it's just a montage of machinery from the yeah.
0: sawmill yep over this like really haunting synthy echoey track mm-hmm. and it just I don't know it just brings a smile to my face every time it starts off
1: yeah I mean the music it fits so perfectly with it mm-hmm. first impressions Tyler,
2: uh, yeah. So the saw blade, <laughs> the <laughs> saw blade. I, based on everything you told me about this show before I watched it, which was like, not much, not much, but just you talking about it in the past few years, right? Yeah. Um, the first thing I see is a bird and a saw blade. <laughs> so I had no idea <laughs> I,
1: what you're getting to What gonna
2: was happening? But the the the, the theme song was. Very nice and soothing. <laughs> it is soothing. Um, yep. Yeah. And
1: that's uh, the song is composed by Angelo Badalamenti, Badalamenti. Uh, who does all the music in the show. And it's Julie Cruz. Julie Cruz actually, I think it was like a year before the show started, put out a record with a lot of the music. And the music was composed by him and David Lynch. Um, and so they reused that song uh, for the theme song. So the song does have lyrics. Um, they're just taken out. Smart, Um, and I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. She performs the theme song. She performs it during later. Yeah, at the Roadhouse. Right. Oh, that's Julie Cruz. Yeah. Okay. She's performing it at the Roadhouse later.
2: I was like, okay, there's a fight happening. (laughs) Why are you still singing?
0: I would venture (laughs) to say that this intro is probably the only time in the series where the music is appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) And that doesn't really happen again for me. Okay, I might argue against that, but, (laughs) but. You are right. That is perfect. <laughs> there is a moment that we will talk about where yeah. the music is maybe appropriate. I can't wait. So uh, anyway, show opens up. We get this. We get this long, soothing shots of machinery and birds and just wild life and wilderness. So we see where we are. We're in a rural town uh, that is a logging town. And then we open on uh, one of the characters, Josie Packard. First character we see. Uh, not my favorite. Not sure why she's the introduction into the series can't remember her husband's name that day. was the original owner of the sawmill he passed away she was a uh, he left everything to her bride how oh, was that I, I think that's right we, yeah. okay sure not i, I don't want to say mail order because i don't think that's right
2: i don't yeah that doesn't sound like right. the like her broken english mm-hmm. or whatever is only on like a few times. Weird. Only when she wants to say on top of the
1: morning. <laughs> <laughs> Push the plug. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, she only gets a couple of phrases wrong, so we're like, here. Yeah, like, is not Otherwise, bad. conversational English that is That like, to me, though, I, in,
1: in my first viewing, was that I think they're what you just said it made me think there was more to her that she was clearly like right. lying and, and like putting on not being up. able to communicate right yeah, yeah. cuz clearly she can communicate what just fine. shenanigans <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not, it's
0: not. <laughs> No we we do see that she can be pretty sneaky and yeah, a little, yeah. a little manipulative but, but uh so we have a uh, Pete Martell, who is the i guess adjunct
2: owner or the the the, the husband home. of the the deceased no, she's he's, he's the husband. No, of he, Catherine. he has a wife, but yeah. she is as as good as did to him.
0: It the, seems like the husband
2: of the deceased man's sister. Right. You've already lost me.
0: I I'm not sure. Oh, okay, <laughs> no. Uh, okay, uh, Pete's wife, Catherine, was was the sister
1: of, of Thomas. Thomas Packard. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah, already.
2: Yeah. Just the way I said it was very confusing. No, this, this is, is a show with many show characters. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: There
1: are <laughs> so, a lot
2: of
0: characters to keep up with. It's it's yeah, it's just an information dump the entire <laughs> time. So, uh we see Josie; she's just doing makeup in the mirror. It's kind of a throwaway shot. I feel like, uh but uh Pete Martell comes out and uh tells his wife he's gonna go fishing. Uh, she doesn't say anything. He just kind of walks out like, okay. And uh well, he, he does. Is,
2: he does that. So. Um, he does that weird like kiss kind of thing and she's like yeah well, yeah whatever not into like, it get the heck out of here so
0: he walks out onto the shoreline and says to himself the lonesome poghorn
2: blows <laughs> <laughs> <A great line. laughs> it's, that it's whole first scene i thought something was wrong with my tv it's like i'm hearing the sound and i didn't understand what he said it's persistent through the and series. And I was like, they oh my god. like what is what is that? I'm like looking around my house. And then I it's, picked it up later like yeah, it's it's just part of the later. scenery really. Yeah. Like, the sounds of the town are yeah. part of every set, yeah. which is awesome. There's sound something that super, always reminds you where you are. Yeah.
1: Sound is super important. I don't I can't speak to if David Lynch was heavily involved in the sound on the original series, but he's like credited as like the main sound like designer in the return. Like he's I can see that, like yeah. so hands-on. There's with, a lot of low humming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um,
0: but yeah. So he comes out. He says the first of many of my favorite quotes of the entire series, and then uh, spots a body washed up on the shore. So uh, he makes a call. Wait, to the, the body was
1: wrapped in plastic.
0: It was wrapped in plastic. He makes a call to Lucy Morin who works at the sheriff's department to get a
2: hold of Harry Truman. Oh, Lucy. Okay, so. First thing I have written down yeah is Lucy. <laughs> Why how, is she so weird? <laughs> but how great is Lucy. She She's is so
0: great. just like innocently naive I, yeah. but trying hard to live I, just
2: do life. I like assumed that the town was so small that they just like had to give her a job and Right, I I don't because how did she get but that? Yeah, just like as the reception. It's like they
1: just didn't have other options. We're
2: gonna transfer the call to the phone across the chair. <laughs> but it's that chair, not the did. one over, that over
1: there. But <laughs> I like is Truman's just standing there, like, "Yep, I know." Like,
2: I've seen this it out I have a a million times. Lucy before. really
0: <laughs> breaks down which phone he needs to pick up. Yeah, just like <laughs> things that people could just figure out, but. She goes into these deep dives to really break things down for people so that they understand the way she wishes she could understand. Right.
1: She loves attention to detail. Yeah, exactly.
0: Hmm. So uh, Harry gets on the phone with Pete and uh, pretty much just said, she's dead, wrapped in plastic.
1: <laughs> One of my favorite she's deliveries dead. too. <laughs> yeah, Wrapped, wrapped in, in plastic. plastic. <laughs> the best <laughs> delivery. She's dead. <laughs> I can just hear it in my head. Pete is so great. Just every line he
0: delivers is kind of like that. Just yeah. really deliberate and Jack, drawn out. Yeah. Love Jack, the character. I love Mance, every time Pete and talks. And he's also
1: he's a frequent um, David Lynch collaborator. He's been in like most of his movies um, until he passed away. He passed away, I think, in like the mid 90s. But he was in like a bunch of David Lynch's stuff. Um, but he's so great.
0: <laughs> his lines are awesome. awesome. So, all right. So, Sheriff Harry Truman and Dr. Hayward. With uh, Andy Brennan, I guess the deputy? Deputy See Andy. The sheriff's deputy? Deputy Andy Brennan. Yeah. Uh, they go down to take pictures of the body that's washed up on the shore, and uh, Andy can't hang.
2: He cannot hang. Yeah. And just... <laughs> what is up with that?
1: Breaks down and
0: starts sobbing. He's just like,
2: I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: And, uh, Harry Goaz plays uh, Andy Brennan. And he, he's such a like gomer pile in, yeah. this, in this town. Just kind of a goof. It's kind of like Lucy. Just like kind of maybe right. undereducated, but... But exactly they're, they're to yes. do the work but maybe they're not really equipped yeah. but he's a cop
1: right but, <laughs> so but maybe they just didn't have any was, choices
2: this is where i think like oh this town is so small yeah. that it was you just have to give people jobs
0: yeah it was originally like, much smaller than it's actually listed as right on the
2: so uh, i don't know i mean i'm Peeps. sure we'll come to that later but i thought like 50,000 people is a lot, a lot of that's people. that's a lot Yeah. like that i looked it up and it's technically a large town mm-hmm. right <laughs> so they said it, they said abc like changed they yeah, wanted they, it They originally it just said
1: 5,000 but yeah. they were like well i don't know if people can relate to that small
2: mm-hmm. of a town
1: <laughs> okay like, we can't relate
2: to this town period <laughs> right. like my like suspension of disbelief stops <laughs> yeah. at 5,000 <laughs> like i no, cannot no, no, get no, behind no. This story if there's not more people in no. this town 6,000 maybe
0: I mean, if it was five thousand, then we easily get insight into a fifth of the characters' lives in this first yeah. half hour. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's just so many.
1: It's so many characters, and they're uh, all related to each other somehow. Everything's intertwined. Yeah, well, everybody's banging. <laughs> everyone is <laughs> literally everyone that, is sleeping together. Yeah, yeah. that whole town <laughs> is banging. So I'm sure they're
0: all
2: related. It, yeah,
0: probably in some way, in some twisted lineage, but uh. So Andy breaks down and can't handle taking pictures of this body that's washed up on the shore. I, I noted that Harry mentioned something about an incident at Mr. Blodgett's barn a year ago.
2: I did not that Apparently Andy also that. broke down, and I don't know if that ever comes up again. So was that just saying that this was only the second time? Because does Harry's like, Jesus, again? Right. Yeah, like, it like, happens all the time. Like, it's going to happen every time. Yeah. yeah right. Like, but I feel
0: like there haven't been that many... Striking tragedies in the town no. right otherwise this wouldn't be such a huge thing
1: right seems like the town is is, is, is Okay,
0: <laughs> yeah, it seems pretty great. I mean aside from all the uh, subterfuge and <laughs> incestual relationships <laughs> yeah. It, it seems like a pretty in bad business and the freaking the street
2: youths are yeah, like it's just yeah. functioning fine Ridiculous. I guess yeah, yeah. so, so more
1: or less like tragedies that are known to the public of this town clearly everybody's got issues Right. Yeah,
0: yeah the, that's what's pretty well put out there is that this town is not really okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. It looks good, but everybody has something wrong with them somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody's got something in the closet and we slowly but surely see most of them. Yeah. Hmm. They, uh, they finally identify the body as Laura Palmer who both Harry Truman and Dr. Haywood, Hayward, Hayward, Hayward clearly know because they both react very emotionally to identifying her yeah. so she's obviously somebody that's known uh, we just we don't understand how well she's known <laughs> right. right from just this but it, it's clear that she's somebody important the next shot is her mother at home uh, just calling her down Sarah Palmer Sarah Palmer trying to call her down for I guess breakfast or to get the day started yep I, yeah think she's sleeping in Laura and I just start searching the house and that's this for me was the f- most stressful <laughs> three minutes of my life <laughs> yeah, <that's> the first <laughs> time I watched this yeah. because it's just the static shot of the staircase going upstairs
1: with the fan going mm-hmm.
0: yeah. and and Sarah Palmer walking around to different rooms calling for Laura can't find her and I've ugh, I, I just got hit really hard in the feels by this distressed mother who has somebody who's clearly out of character for them to just not be home right.
2: it's it's really interesting that I, I feel like most shows or movies where there's a murder or something this scene would happen before you found out that they were dead and it's right. just it's it's really cool that we already know it's she's dead we and that. she we doesn't know, right. know exactly we're watching so them find out it what makes it know. play out completely differently and it's yep. it's very interesting mm-hmm.
0: yeah so very effective we we cut from her frantically panicking to a very wifely duty shoulder rub <laughs> at the Briggs household <laughs> um <laughs>
1: we Major Garland Briggs.
0: Yeah, is and, rub down <laughs> in the middle things. of the kitchen.
1: In, in the middle of the kitchen, in full
0: uniform. Yes, like this is just what they're doing at this yeah. time. It's
2: early in the morning. This is how he they're starting their day. Picked up a chair from a table mm-hmm. and took it into the middle of the kitchen. It's like I'm just Juice gonna, it, I'm it and gonna, I'm a, a sit and get a shoulder rub. You're gonna rub my shoulders till the phone rings. And this seems like their routine. Oh yeah, yeah. every day. Until the phone rings. Until the phone rings, so I can go and pick up the We will do scissors. this until the phone rings.
1: And you will rub my shoulders until my heart desires. and uh, Briggs' impression? It's pretty, <laughs> pretty
2: good. Pretty I'm going to mute your uh, microphone
0: now. Uh, Sarah gets on the phone with Beth and uh, asks if Laura is with Bobby, who we assume is her boyfriend. Uh, she says he's probably you know, off at practice already. Okay, uh,
2: no. Don't just pass this up bobby usually gets up at five and goes for a run then goes to football <laughs> practice and this is all before school starts what the fuck time does school start <laughs> <laughs> yep. it's so like the whole timeline of this first episode i agree is bizarre i agree because why are they at the why is he at the diner as yeah. well <laughs> before like, he's knocked out yeah, a is, lot of why stuff. is shelly working that early <laughs>
1: And getting off <laughs> and that getting early. And getting off
2: that early. <laughs> this is, maybe not, the this is not R a R town that has a 24-hour diner. Right, I was going to say
1: maybe the double R <laughs> is open 24 That
0: That's another thing.
1: Is like all these types of things, these little
0: details make me feel like time doesn't really work correctly Yeah. Right. in Twin Peaks. For sure. Yeah. Because there is time for this. And I'm, we're getting our, a little ahead of ourselves. But Laura Palmer is so involved in every character we meet's life somehow how does she have time to be a to part of, of 30 different people's routines? That's true. Yeah. To the one who's like, oh yeah, it was odd that I didn't see her at this time of this day. She tutors. She does yeah. meal it's
1: on wheels. Like between two and three <laughs> when we actually have our
0: start that That's <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's
0: just, yeah. oh, it's a lot. It's a whole lot. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so Bobby has not done his normal routine.
1: <laughs> where he has eight Which hours I find to find school. hard to <laughs> believe Bobby does that every day.
2: Oh, and when we first see Bobby, it's doesn't very seem like interesting. The yes, the first time I saw him, I wrote down Bobby sucks, <laughs> <laughs> and that's established quickly.
0: <laughs> so uh, the football coach hasn't seen him. Says
2: he's been late <laughs> multiple yeah. times. He's like, apparently, we find out later that he's the captain of the football team, and the coach is just like, well, he's always late. Bah, bah, bah. Come to think of it, he's been late <laughs> in the last several months, Miss Briggs. <laughs> Funny, right?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh well. <laughs> There's a lot that just gets glossed over on people's who, behavior. Also, uh, who's
2: in their football division? Like, who are they playing? What's the closest <laughs> town that they also have a football team and they play each other? Let's just
0: say they're undefeated. Yeah. Uh, we cut now to Sherilyn Finn, who plays Audrey Horn. Mm-hmm. Very quick shot. We Hachi just see Hachi. her. We just see her come out of a building and get into a car.
1: Yeah, I thought about that shot, too, because I was like, I, really? This is how we're introduced to yeah. Audrey? <laughs> there are a few
0: shots. I'm just didn't like, why recall is this here? It.
1: Yeah, I didn't recall it at all.
0: So, yeah, I, I forgot that that was the introduction, but she just walks out of the building and gets into a car. Uh, then we cut again to uh, Benjamin Horn and Leland Palmer in the Great Northern. And I guess one of
1: having a meeting, one, one of the, of the conference rooms, rooms.
0: where <laughs> where benjamin just straight hawks a lug into the fireplace uh, sorry and then says let's, <laughs> then says let's go get these cheese eaters where they live <laughs> oh man also they're norwegian and i don't know that that is a well-known region for cheese am i wrong not sure Super producer tyler mullins can we investigate <laughs> the affluence of cheese in norway
2: norwegian cheese life in norway brown cheese regular cheese
1: Left enough for me. I mean, more than two cheeses. Norwegian brown
2: cheese. Oh. Cream cheese.
1: I mean, it, it does seem like
0: they have the monopoly. Now that, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> now really. that I can see a, the vast array of cheeses at their disposal. I didn't know. Yeah. All right. See, we're all learning something here. It's true. So he says, let's go get those cheese eaters where <laughs> they live. And then uh, he makes a presentation to this group of Norwegians with a translator. I don't know what this meeting is.
2: What is he saying? He said, My, My air sacs. Air sacs. have never felt so good. <laughs>
1: this uh, made me love this character like immediately. I was just like, "What is Benjamin oh, I, Horn?" I hate Benjamin <laughs> Horn so much. <laughs> I didn't have an opinion. Those until lines. Until those lines. I later. Was like, what? All what? I have is spit, cheese eaters, and air sacs. It's <laughs> good that, enough for me.
0: Right, uh, <laughs> as King, King for Kong me. hits his chest, <laughs> trying to really sell. What? What is this meeting? What are they there for? Because it is a big deal. <laughs> they don't really say it, do they? They don't stick around. I never picked up. I watched the. Pilot. I think it
1: gets brought up. I think it gets brought up. Recently, I watched later. it
0: twice through, and I never picked up on why this meeting is happening. I don't know either. It's just kind of there. It's one of those things that for me it was just kind of left hanging that didn't really close the circle on what I'm supposed to get out of it. Yeah. So Leland's sitting in the meeting, and he gets pulled out to take a call from his wife. We know what he's about to find
2: out. So uh, he goes and answers the house phone of the hotel. I gotta gotta jump in there. Yes, sir. Um, because how far are we into the into the episode right now? Like, I don't think we're ten minutes yet. Okay, this all happens very quickly. So immediately in the scene, I was I was thinking, when did phone transfers become like such a big deal? Because. It happened twice, and they <laughs> right. called it, called attention to it twice right. within the first ten minutes of this episode. It's live before cell phones. It's like Lucy made a super huge deal out of transferring this call. This is a load bearing function of communication in, in Twin Peaks. The lady at the hotel had no was problem. Like, I'm gonna, you know, two feet away. I'm gonna transfer this call to the lobby <laughs> phone. It's like, all right. So I thought this about this phone it. is not for this call. <laughs> yeah. It's going over there, and I, you better prepare for it. I found out later that call transfers are not a big part of the show, but I really thought I thought I was on to something for a minute. (laughs) They they lean on it pretty heavy. in these opening 10 minutes.
1: Yep.
0: (laughs) I hadn't even thought about that. uh, Sarah asks if Laura's with him. He says no. And she starts to get a little hysterical. Immediately, we see the sheriff's car skid to a stop in the windows behind him. Very cool shot. It's an Mm -hmm. extremely cool shot. Yeah. It's the juxtaposition of that, like panic going on in the background. Right, and, like he's moving with a purpose, mm-hmm. and Leland's just kind of like, "Well, I don't know. I thought she might be with Bobby." Yeah, with Ray Wise as Leland is. He's like, That's my got, dude." He's like, "That's got to be it." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Well, there you go. That's it. She's go. with Bobby. That's got to be it. Nothing's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Ray Wise is the man. Uh, sees the sheriff come in and whispers into the phone, "Sheriff Truman." <laughs> At which point, she's like, "What did you say?" Yeah, Sarah puts it together.
2: I she's do like that out. like he never nobody ever says that Laura's dead mm-hmm. and um he just says is this about Laura he yeah says, I'm afraid so and then the only way that what's her name Sarah mm-hmm. yeah like finally actually realizes it is mm-hmm. when he drops the phone she yep. hears the phone drop she screams. she's like that's it yeah yeah uh, that's there's a lot of cool elements yeah Happening, which already. then gets to
1: the classic "get used to this" David Lynch style, where it lingers on a shot for
2: way longer than yeah, this. this. So is, I was really confused, yeah, it, why that was happening. It's like gets, I've it. seen a phone cord <laughs> <Yeah>. before, <laughs> I I and what's to attached to the end <laughs> yeah. of it? So let's let's go. Yeah, but that I, I the shot, the shot of her, you just, you the shot the of audio.
1: Well, I was gonna say the shot of her screaming goes on for even. And longer and than you think it should you're already like oh let's let's move on and right it's the shot is still you. there yeah, yeah. right
2: yeah. right when it cut is right when i started getting un- uncomfortable yeah, yeah. and I think, <laughs> oh, okay. I think that's the genius
0: of the length of it because yeah, yeah. it's you feel like it's not gonna let you go and right. then mercifully it does finally yeah. clip it yeah and you get a chance to move on it's
1: like he wants you to get it Wants he wants you to feel like as real as this moment is happening it's not what you usually see in Mm -hmm. anything not even really since i feel like you just don't get that
0: i would say not until the movie hereditary recently Mm, i haven't seen that so we have we have the shot of tony collette like going outside and like spoilers finding her daughter dead and (sighs) i'm not gonna watch it now there's just you hear her entire reaction like from the time that she's cool Mm. there's a single shot that doesn't show any of her movement. No. Yeah. You hear her going outside, saying goodbye to everybody, getting outside, seeing her daughter, and just breaking down. And this was so reminiscent of that.
1: Now I can't see the movie.
0: That it, it's got to be derivative. I'm but, spoiled, Dave. Uh, no, it's it's still. I'm gonna watch it twice. It's <laughs> it's a hard watch. I won't lie to you. But uh, anyway, Sarah and Leland find out that their daughter has been murdered, and thus begins the two hours of uncomfortable grief that is. <laughs> Twin Peaks <laughs> <Or next. laughs> The remainder of this episode Into episode one
1: So much grieving
0: So we got to the double R diner Where we have Bobby Briggs Drinking coffee And he, he just looks like Somebody you want to hit Already yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just Banging the counter And snapping
0: <laughs> Without purpose
2: And he carries around change
0: mm-hmm. Bobby Like Well for the jukebox <clears throat> Yeah for And words. his coffee Yeah <laughs>
2: You going home, Shelley? I can drop you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, he's, a, he's a real bad boy, a real, uh, really take no guff kind of guy.
1: Right. Yeah. Which also, one of my favorite lines in this episode is him talking to Norma, saying, "I'll see you in my dreams." When Norma says, "Not, Not if, if I see you first." Yep. Nope. <laughs> very good.
0: It's like again with really flirtatious language. That's like it's poorly delivered, but the expressions are very selling mm-hmm. on like. She's trying to
2: bang this kid. Yeah. Yes, she
0: is. But she's already successfully banging somebody else, which everyone is.
2: Yeah. I don't. Big
0: Ed. We talked to that.
1: We talked about that.
2: What would the show be like if everybody was with who they were supposed to be with or whatever? Yeah. It'd be very dull. It'd be boring. Like This is not a CW teen series. (laughs) Eh.
0: Eh, Well, not yet.
1: This is the Gossip Girl of the early 90s. Yeah, it's like literally everyone is either banging someone else that they're not supposed to, technically, yeah. or they're it's secret. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, even if
0: it's not actually wrong, they keep it a secret. Right. Like yeah, nobody yeah. has a known relationship. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> because that's true. Because this town is wrong. Except like for so wrong, Sarah and Leland. <laughs> right. Yeah, but even I think their relationship is pretty broken after these oh, first yeah. ten minutes. Like true. this. Yeah, this grief really changes them as people. But, uh, so he's he's drinking coffee with uh, being served by Norma Jennings and uh, Shelley Johnson are the two waitresses we have at the Double R. <laughs> this third waitress comes in. I think her name's Heidi. Yep, Heidi comes in the and the just giggles, just giggles from the time she walks in the door oh, until she walks off hmm Is she ever back? Been- <laughs>
2: Okay <laughs> but I she'll forgot be back. About she' back and she she'll be back. She was kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Bobby says to her, "I thought you Germans were always on time for everything. Which <laughs> seems super racist.
2: <laughs> I don't know how, but it is. But, I mean,
0: maybe that is a thing in Germany. just the way cheese is a thing in Norway, and I just don't know. but Heidi thinks it's hilarious. And yes she does. So she giggles her way off.
2: Which it, I don't know how you can be late to something where a normal hour is 10 hours in twin peaks.
1: <laughs>
2: like You're Shelly's right. already getting off work. <laughs> yeah. as she's rolling in. At 8 a.m. Yeah. No, this is like <laughs> This is like six. Know, or six seven. Bobby's already been up, he's
0: already had his run. Yeah. But he's not going to school because again, he's a no-good nick. So Heidi giggles off. Uh, Bobby offers to give Shelly a lift home. On their way out, he says, Here's a tune for you gals, and pops some nickels into the jukebox. Which plays a really not fitting musical number,
2: and it's so loud. It's very loud. It's extremely loud. It lets you it's know the it's the most there. unrealistic part of the show. <laughs> it's, the it's loud, not how hilarious. loud that jukebox is.
0: Yeah, somebody's always asking you to turn up the jukebox. <laughs> this is the instance where you want it turned down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say that at at this point, we have eighteen characters, and we are at sixteen minutes. <laughs> more characters That's impressive. Than minutes. We've had more than a character a minute at this point. That is
2: really impressive. And we're so, still
0: not done. And we're not done. No, there's still way more characters to come. Uh, Bobby drives Shelly home. Uh, they, they share a flask and they canoodle before uh, Bobby says, are you sure your old man's not going to be home? She says, no, no, he's in Butte. <laughs> <laughs> so they figure, <if> okay. <laughs> uh, Bobby slams on the brakes, stands on the brakes, and yells,
1: Butte. <laughs> <laughs> because there's a truck.
2: truck. There's a truck parked out in front of the place. So uh, he drops her off. And, and then it, very carefully backs up, doesn't draw any attention to the fact that somebody's out there, and then Donald leaves quietly. Very inconspicuously <laughs> yes.
0: backs up like he's in a Prius and it's silent <laughs> yes. under five miles an hour. Yes.
2: He deserves to win this fight. He
0: has, de- <laughs> <laughs> he has definitely not just made his brakes shriek like a banshee as he stops.
2: <laughs> yeah. 50 feet
0: away from this home this truck also is huge and there is a clear shot of sight from the road to this house you see it coming right unless
2: there's a hill i
0: don't know it sure didn't look like a hill (laughs) while you were in the car no and uh, so he drops her off like clearly whoever is there is
2: a scary person and he doesn't want any part of it at this point i was i was still thinking like it was her dad for some reason
0: because he says you're old man yeah I thought it was her dad, too. It is not. We Spoiler alert. find out. Spoiler uh, We cut to uh, Leland in the morgue identifying Laura's body. That's It's pretty quick. Yeah. He just identifies her, kind of breaks down a little bit, but not overly so. Like, a reasonable amount identifying your dead daughter's body.
2: But quick scene. Uh, and we the, get back. Uh, the fluorescent lighting is working. It is working in that scene. <laughs> in yes. this scene.
0: We get to the school where Audrey is seen again uh, after her brief intro or five seconds of walking to the car we assume this car has taken her to school she changes into heels and starts to smoke in her locker very covertly and uh we get donna hayward played by laura flynn boyle walks up and sees her they share a giggle before the character who always looks like he's just been shamed into pooping
2: himself how do james you, how do you cast up. this person james this guy walks into audition and you're like no it's like why are you making that face <laughs> all the time
0: all the time. Always like, he peed somewhere, and you just found out. Yeah, and now he's like... Like you're about to hit him with a newspaper. For a exactly. guy who
1: rides around on a hog, he's not a tough... Looks yeah. like <laughs> a sweet <laughs> hog. Looks like a hog to me. <laughs> he's a sweet boy. <laughs> he shouldn't be on <laughs> a hog. <laughs> you know, he,
0: he passes Donna and says, it's a nice day for a picnic. <laughs> yeah.
2: Which is hilarious to them. Which... Which- Finding out later, that is not funny. No, right. His sense of humor is terrible.
1: Now we're getting to my favorite scene. Maybe possibly.
2: Uh, we're at roll call at the school. B- before that. Yes. Is this where are you talking about my spirit animal? <laughs> yes. The only the, the only timestamp I wrote down. Yes. <laughs> <Let's>,
1: <laughs> yeah, we might have to roll it. <laughs> let's let's have a look. Let's take a look at possibly my favorite scene <laughs> of this of the pilot. So we've got Andre having a smoke. Cue James Hurley.
2: Have you seen more? No, not
1: yet. A nice day for a picnic. Ah, uh, yeah. Sure. Sure, James.
2: Yeah, she seems hesitant. Right here. Alright, this guy.
0: Ooh. <laughs> i did forget about the guy who closes his locker does a toe spin (laughs) finger guns and then sideways walks off camera
2: yeah i relate so much to that guy yeah and i hope to see him again in the future (laughs)
0: that's the extra who got cast and
2: made
1: the most of it yep that was james uh, understudy made
2: the most of it
1: fun fact but also sad fact um just a couple of uh it's, I think it's weeks or months now. I can't remember. They just tore this high school down, the actual high school well, well, in Washington.
2: It's no more. Let's, uh, let's take a moment. Okay. All right. All right. RIP high school.
0: Okay, yeah. So we have roll call in the school. Uh, we have officers coming into the classroom looking for Bobby, who still has not made it to school, even though he's had six hours to do so. Uh, as he's walking around, my one of my favorite shots in this, really in this episode is... We just get a glimpse of a girl outside screaming, running through the courtyard yep. to yeah. the window. Like yeah. it's
1: because it's really to it, and to me. It's like, well, who is she, and how did she find out first? Or right. is she dealing with something else completely? It might be completely unrelated. <laughs> she's dealing with a completely different situation that we are unaware of. It just happens to take place at the same time that they realize Laura's not in class.
0: Well, Whether it's Laura Palmer or something completely unrelated uh, Donna certainly takes notice of it and has pretty much already sussed it out Yeah She looks over to Laura's empty desk uh, Sees the girl crying outside And just kind of breaks down just starts sobbing Like obviously she knew Laura very well And she looks over to James who breaks a pencil
1: Yep Clearly taking it hard Clearly taking it hard Stone face though No change Yeah no change in the face
2: (laughs) And steps a pencil. Bobby finally gets to school. Just Finally is, gets to school. And they're just now calling roll. <laughs> it's like one in the afternoon. Nobody's really doing uh, it, anything. It could be a later class in the
0: day, to be fair. they I guess they take roll in every class, right? This isn't... I don't know. This is. <laughs> <laughs> so Bobby finally gets to school. Uh, his buddy Mike, who is also not in class... Yeah. Has his back up against some lockers. He's like, hey, they're looking for you. Something's up. And Bobby is a dick about it. <laughs> yeah, where? <laughs> Look at the ceiling. Quick-witted, this guy. I'd, I'd say comebacks are not his strongest right. skill throughout this series. But uh, he does a sort of shuffle dance back into the office. Yeah. Uh, not knowing he's about to be interrogated by who I think is the most intimidating character in the series which is Hawk.
1: yeah, Mm, Deputy Hawk.
0: The Native American deputy whose mind and body are very close. How close are they? So close. Bobby learns that Laura is dead. It doesn't seem to really bother him that much, except that he's just not expecting it. He doesn't seem hurt at all. Right. But he does seem hurt by accusations that he might have done something to her. Yeah. Uh, I have noted his line is, she loved me. He also does this kind of sideways comic book fish shake at Truman. Like, why oh, I, wanna.
1: <laughs> it's kind of like that, yeah.
0: And so at this point, we're 23 minutes in and have 21 <laughs> characters. All
2: right. All right. So we've,
0: there we go. We've so we're just loaded down and we're still not done. Sarah is with the police and Dr. Hayward at home. She's not doing great. Does no. he give her a sedative? Because she's like yeah, screaming then. and then just sort of
2: relaxes and calms into the couch. down. And he's like, okay, now you can, whatever but I assume that lady was that super old lady was like a nurse, but yeah. she doesn't have any, I didn't see anything like, like, yeah. administered. So the second time I watched it, I was, yeah, I'm not I either. was like,
0: it's like she was given something and we're just catching the end of her fit right, right. before it takes effect. Yeah. I like don't everybody Just kind
2: of gave it to her and waited. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <"Whoo>, so, <laughs> just now we can talk down. <laughs> She's so oblivious to this group of people. And they're just like, we'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> We've got time. (laughs) There's so much time in Twin Peaks. So much time. Time? First period hasn't even started yet. Time. The ever flowing river.
0: She's hearing footsteps upstairs. It's actually uh, Leland and Hawk going through Laura's room. They find her diary. and Do you have the key to this diary? It seemed like such a weird line to include. <laughs> a lot of these scenes are just a little bit long. Right. But uh, he he promises to bring it back after they get what they need to out of it. As they're talking, Andy pops in to tell Harry that a girl named Ronet Pulaski is missing. Mm-hmm. So we have a girl who is murdered and a girl who is missing. So now this thing might be bigger than we initially thought. What we got to next is Pete Martell sitting at a desk singing two by fours, four <laughs> by eights. <laughs> two by fours, oh, man. four okay. by eights. We have his wife, Catherine Martell, kind of getting into it with Josie Packard. Has not had a line yet, I don't think.
1: Hmm.
0: But uh, they're getting into it uh, about shutting down the mill for the day because one of the worker's daughters is missing, mm-hmm. Mr. Pulaski. So it's... It's pretty quick. You we just established that Catherine doesn't like Josie. Yes. And uh is upset about the mill being shut down. Right. Yep. Which ultimately is kinda what she's doing anyway. Yes. So what's the big deal? Um This is where she tells him to push the plug. You mean pull the plug. <laughs> so she sets it down. Uh right after that we see Ronette Pulaski having, I guess, escaped. Walking down some tracks. Yeah. Uh clearly beaten clearly you know been through some rough stuff yeah restraints hanging off her hands this was kind of a scary shot for me because I, I didn't really i hadn't put together who this was right i didn't have a name for her because i had you know at this point <laughs> almost 30 names in my head that i'm trying to keep yeah, to you're phases. already
1: thinking of so many characters that you've just been introduced to it's kind of I, hard
0: I, I didn't put it together immediately <laughs> that that's who this was i thought this might have just been some crazy that was about to be introduced yeah <laughs> Might as well be. These wandering crazies that just kind of fumble mm-hmm. their way into town. Yeah. When there's nothing else around and there's only this one town that only has one football team. We we just see her kind of get seen by an old man. So we've established that she is, arrives and is seen. Uh, James pulls into Big Ed's gas station. Big yeah. Ed's gas farm. Big Ed the, is a guy who wears flannels rolled halfway up his forearms and will for a while.
2: He reminds me a lot of Red Foreman. Yeah. But not
0: as not as overbearing. Right. Yeah. Like, not of the same ideals and kind of carries himself the same way. But yeah. without, like, the willingness to exercise discipline on anybody. Without saying dumbass a lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably the one thing the character is missing. Yeah. That's true. But, uh, so James gives Ed a letter. Like, it's, it's clear that they were close, but we don't know why yet. He gives Ed a letter and just assumes he's going to see Donna next. He's like, hey, when you see Donna, give her this letter. Then he rides off into the sunset, a legend and a mystery. The sunset. A, a whole day has passed.
1: Yep, we're at the end of the
2: day now. <laughs>
0: actually, before he rides off, actually, Ed gets screamed at by,
2: by a woman in an eye patch. Crazy pirate lady. <laughs>
0: crazy pirate lady. This is Nadine. Nadine. This is Ed's wife.
2: Nadine. I uh, terrified me. I don't know <laughs> what to do with this
0: character. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. Just <laughs> comes out. <Ed! laughs>
1: <laughs> Those
2: drapes are gonna be ready. Oh, she loves they close at ten. Yeah. No drape store is open till ten. <laughs> she is obsessed. In a real place
1: with her drapes.
2: The
0: drapes are a big deal. And the drapes will come up several times. And now we're we're finally to it. We got Cooper arriving.
2: Federal Bureau of Investigation Special, Special Agent, Agent. Dale Cooper. <laughs> Dale Cooper.
0: Federal Bureau of Investigation Special Agent, Dale Cooper. <laughs> at eleven thirty a.m. On February 24th, pulling in to the town of Twin Peaks. I believe it's five miles from the coast and five miles from the Canadian border, Oh! if I'm not mistaken. It's pretty convenient or not. It is very convenient. That's why it was easy to remember. I'm bad at numbers. <laughs> Great, Great introduction to this character. It's a fantastic introduction, and he's on his tape recorder addressing somebody named Diane, accounts a lot of details of his day, like how much his lunch cost, Yeah, and how good the cherry pie was. And the trees. <laughs> and loves
1: the Douglas firs. All these
0: wonderful trees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's looking for a clean place, reasonably priced. Yes. That's yes. what he needs a clean place. A clean place. Uh, he right meets on. up with Sheriff Truman, uh, which is where he learns that the trees are Douglas firs. <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> loves the Douglas firs. Mm-hmm. Way into that. Uh, in, the, in the middle of two very serious questions.
0: Yes. Yeah. This is what I love about Cooper is he's so fascinated and childlike about the things that he's discovering for the first time Yeah. while still being a very serious and driven agent. Yeah. He's doing his job the entire time he's asking you your opinion on a pie.
2: Yeah, it's true.
0: He's always got in the back of his mind what his real goal is. It's like he's, for me, easily the most interesting character.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm gonna watch that. Yeah, pull it up.
1: A slice of cherry pie. Well, I'll tell you, we're sure glad to have the FBI here. Kind of lucky in a way that Ron had stepped out across the state line. The whole town is really badly shaken
2: up. Sure, it's a nice, quiet place, something like this. Sheriff, let me stop you in the hallway here for just a second. There's a few things that we got to get straight right off the bat. i learned about this the hard way. It's best to talk about it up front. When the Bureau gets called in, the Bureau's in charge. Now, you're going to be working for me. Sometimes local law enforcement has a problem with that. I hope you understand.
0: Well, like I said.
2: We're glad to have you here, Sheriff. What kind of fantastic trees have you got growing around here? Big, majestic Douglas firs. Douglas firs.
0: Can someone get me a copy of the coroner's report on the dead girl?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, just so weird. Yeah.
2: I f- I feel like his mind works a lot the way mine does. It's just super scattered, and yeah. I'll say you know I don't I don't keep things in order, and I would absolutely do something like that. Right. But it's also like
0: he has a to do list of what he needs to find out in his head, and he just intermixes yeah the serious criminal investigation with just finding out something new for himself. Right. Just that he can commit to memory for fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's great. I love this guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's, he's hard not to love. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, so they go to see Ronette Pulaski, who's unresponsive. Uh, Cooper immediately goes to check her fingers. Yes. Like he, he asks if he can talk to her. They say she's pretty unresponsive. And his next move is to check her fingers. Mm-hmm. We're not sure why. Druben mentions they've already scraped for particles. But that's not what he's looking for. And we don't know what he's looking for because he doesn't find anything. Ronnie uh, kind of comes around and just says, Don't go there. Not, not like the sassy way, like the, <laughs> the scared warning sort of way. Don't go there. And, don't. And, don't go
2: there.
0: <laughs> we cut immediately. There's a lot of hard cuts in yeah. this episode from scenes that something, it feels like something important is about to happen. And we just go somewhere else. We just teleport to a different situation. Example, we, we teleport onto an elevator with Coop
2: and Truman and a man with one arm. Okay. So I didn't notice that. Both times I watched it. I'm not even kidding. Well, it's it's
0: quick
1: and it's so subtle. It's really quick. Like so many things. In fact, I'll say this too. Upon rewatching that episode this week, I didn't remember him being shown that early on. I mean, obviously he's in the, the second, third episode, but I didn't think he was even in the pilot. Mm-hmm. So when I saw him get off the elevator, I was like, oh, but then nothing ever comes of it. Mm-hmm. So you, I, it's almost as soon as I was like, oh, that's cool. I already forgot about it because <laughs> we're moving right on, right onto to the next right, thing. Yeah. That's moves, what's so good about so the show, though. There's especially on rewatches, even if you didn't discover it. I mean, there's just so much stuff there.
0: The the two times that I watched it right before doing this recording, I always found something that I missed before. Yeah. I like got my first time through. I was kind of doing some severe note taking. So I missed a lot of stuff that's visual. Yeah. Like the one-armed man being in the elevator, I I kind of missed the first time around because it was just a glimpse. Right. Yeah. But even watching with intent, you kind of miss it. It's quick, right? You wouldn't think. Oh,
1: that it, that's, you just it, think it's someone getting off the elevator. And you if just he's the kid doing a spin in the background
0: he, with the locker. Like it's yeah. something to see that doesn't really. I don't matter. know how you
2: forgot about that.
0: Like you should be
1: embarrassed. I. <laughs>
0: that's
2: honestly, I don't know how I missed. it. That's the, the greatest part of the show. That's the whole reason. The to only watch reason I'm still watching weeks. is to see if he returns. <laughs> Why do you think they
1: called the third season The Return? <laughs> there you go. And
0: but no, this is Dr. Lawrence Jacoby who has plugs in his ears as long as a
2: finger. They're in yes. They're gigantic. And his tie mm-hmm. is clearly this guy's an oddball. Or a prop we, comic. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah.
0: But uh, I know. He, makes, he makes a weird request about wanting to go to the morgue to see Lara's body with Cooper and Truman, which he gets shut down on. Mm-hmm. And then kind of as, as he understands that he can't go with them, kind of chuckles to them like a kid confessing they love candy that Lara's parents didn't know she was seeing him. Right. right. It's a real All quick climb, while He's like
2: too. rubbing this hula girl mm-hmm. on his tie. Yeah. And, it was weird. It's like clearly, Do we have the audio is, of, of him saying
1: because it's like clearly this is something you wouldn't want to mention to two people who are investigating her murder that you were seeing her. Yeah. Sorry, but it's like,
0: like he knows they're gonna find out. But
2: yeah,
1: it's like he's trying to get ahead of it.
0: Right.
2: But he's kind of proud of it. <laughs> like when he said it, I assumed they were like sleeping together, right, or something. But then as they're walking away, he says, he says that, that guy's a psychologist. Right.
0: It's like yeah. It's like, okay, well, so is she seeing him for therapy, or, or pleasure. she banging him? Right. Because everybody's banging everybody. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Do you want intr- yeah, 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 to introduce this clip?
2: Harry! Dr. Jacoby?
0: It's worth mentioning that he has Terrible. darted up the Terrible stairs trash. to catch him at the cellar. Yes. Here. This is Special Agent Dale Cooper. Uh, Gary Cooper? Agent (coughs) Cooper. FBI. Right. (laughs) Dr. Lawrence Jacoby, Agent Cooper. Laura was uh, a patient of mine. (laughs) Listen, you're on your way to the morgue now. Do you mind if I join you?
2: Yes, I do. Why would you want to? Sort of against procedure, doctor. (laughs) Well, no offense. I I thought I could be of some help. You still could be. At another time.
0: Oh, I I understand completely. No, oh, by the way, uh, uh, Laura's, uh, Laura's parents, uh, they didn't know that she was seeing me.
1: They <laughs> <laughs> just walk what? away. They <laughs> just walk away. But do you see what I'm saying,
0: though? It's like, yeah. it's, I just love chocolate bunnies. <laughs> I can't handle it. I can't help myself. It's that same kind of energy, and it's so strange. I still don't understand it. Like, even later, that attitude doesn't make sense to me.
2: Mm-mm.
0: Yeah. But yeah. Bizarre. How, bizarre. how bizarre. How bizarre. How bizarre. How bizarre. But uh, they do get down to the morgue where the light is malfunctioning. They make note of it. and They do. They, do. they
2: bring a lot of attention to the fact that that
0: light is not working. Well, they, it's, I guess it's to dismiss it because that was actually happening on set. Oh, it wasn't it's not part of the plot. Gotcha, but it was happening. So they're like, oh, just find a way to include that. Explain that real quick.
2: All right,
1: well it works.
0: He's Like, sorry, the electricity's shoddy. He's <laughs> like, oh, don't worry about it. So uh, he examines Laura, uh, examines her fingers immediately, and Cooper finds the letter R embedded under her ring finger on her nail, or under her nail. And I, it's been long enough for me to see this show that I have forgotten the significance of this. But I'm sure it comes back around.
2: Yeah, and it was on like a tiny little scroll of paper, like yeah, almost like jammed it like, way down. Yeah, her real finger, real deep, like and stayed know. intact. Yeah, and I don't know how he would see that with a magnifying glass. Yeah, it's like somebody used
0: a label maker to print off an R. Yeah, cut it out and then seamlessly got it deep under her finger. Yeah, and like I'll never know to how. the cuticle,
2: like it was very far. Yeah, the
0: logistics don't really make sense on that. But uh, that's the end of that scene, really. Uh, well, Cooper on his voice recorder addresses Diane again. Says, "This, uh, this is where I, I wrote found down
2: it. who the hell is Diane." <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> this concludes season one, pilot part one of Talking Backwards. Stick around for part two coming soon. If you like what you hear on Talking Backwards, you can find us at Talking Backwards Pod on Instagram and
1: TalkingBackwardsPod at gmail.com. If you have any feedback about Talking Backwards or you have a question for one of us or possibly a fun fact about an upcoming Twin Peaks episode, you can send it in to us at anchor.fm slash TalkingBackwards.